Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is Gary on Guns, and is uh, traditionally is my favorite part of the program because it's show and tell. Uh, we have uh, Chuck Basie in, a Missouri State Representative, Second Amendment supporter. Uh, we've got Dale Roberts, MoGunLaws.com, and Carson from Graffs in Mexico, Missouri, the man with all the toys. Gentlemen, good morning. Garson, what you got? Good morning. I have Chuck's next new gun. <laughs> He's already laid dibs on it, hasn't well, he? Well, I mean, I, I think even if he doesn't buy this, we should probably pull our money and buy it for him because this is the uh, SIG P320 M18, which is the uh, current uh, official sidearm of the United States Marine Corps. Uh, Will that blow so, out a lung by chance? I mean, if you use the whole magazine, I guess you could probably force some of it out. <laughs> um, exploding bullets. Uh, that's what oh, you yeah, mean. we need yeah. those special exploding bullets. Um, so this, uh, the M17 and the M18 are uh, the new um, platform for the uh, sidearms of all branches of the U.S. military. And this is the compact version. Um, we got this. Uh, so this is in the, the military flat dark earth color. Um, and it is optics ready. Uh, as they're they're using a lot more optics on everything now, and a lot more law enforcement agencies are transitioning to optics carry um, firearms. So um, this actually comes with two twenty-one round mags, which I think is funny for a compact gun, uh, and then one flush fit magazine. Um, but it's at least tastefully done, uh, and this is fully ambidextrous, so ambi safety, ambi slide release, and um, you know, classic Sig Sauer reliability because um, they are just awesome guns. And have been making um, basically, you know, the same action uh, since the 220 models in the in the early 60s. You know, as a Southpaw, that ambidextrous thing is really an, it's an asset for me. Uh, I don't know how much extra it costs gun manufacturers, but I I think they could sell a lot more uh, if they all did that. Well, and and most of the newer guns that are coming out tend to be fully ambidextrous now. Um, Smith and Wesson's made huge inroads of that. I think um, any anyone that was in on this pistol contract that had you know something submitted, um, the fully ambidextrous controls were part of the military specification. So I think most of the guns that were coming out for that um, were designed around that um, uh, expectation that they would be eligible for that military contract. So um, that is um, just a slick little pistol. Uh, it's got night sights on it. Uh, it's I think they're also available with the SIG Red Dot Romeo Pro site. Um, but just a cool little gun, good shooting gun. Um, and it's the first one we've been able to get our hands on. So that's, and that's the only one we got. Um, but definitely a cool gun. Come and check it out. Uh, we've got some of the other P320s. We had a few of the M17s. Um, those go pretty quick still. Um, they're very popular. Uh Speaking of uh, uh, ammo, I'm I'm guessing that uh, we're pretty much up to uh, you know ops normal. Um, on the on the big ten calibers, we are pretty much um, fully stocked on most um, brands. Good. Um, I've seen some other companies that are already putting nine and two twenty three on sale. Um, but you know the top twenty hunting calibers. You're still only, you know, at about 25% availability on those. So hopefully that will change as, as you know, as companies can slow down making 9 and 223. Um, they can start scaling up for other other hunting calibers and get everyone, 
you know, up to speed hopefully before this fall. Let's talk revolvers. Ah, yes. So, yeah, all these guns, we got lucky. All these guns came in, like, last night, like, at 4 o'clock. <laughs> so they haven't even been on display yet. So this is a Smith & Wesson uh, 317. So it's a J-frame, 8-shot, 22 long rifle. Um, so cool little gun. Uh, make a nice, uh, a nice practice or range toy. Um, or if if you're uh, not wanting to carry a full house 357 or anything, um, you know, this would make a decent carry gun as well. Um, Three-inch barrel. So maybe, you know, maybe a purse gun uh, as well. Uh, it's got a nice big high-vis front sight. And this is the Airlite. So this thing probably weighs, uh, I don't know, uh, two-thirds of a pound at the most. I mean, it, it's light. It's it's silly. What would you say that way, Dale? Ooh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of surprising, huh? Yeah. I don't know. What would you say, 15 ounces? Uh, I was maybe 10. Yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. That's lightweight. Well, lightweight makes for a great concealed carry. You bet. Yeah. And since it's 22, the lightweight's not a negative, um, you know, minimal recoil with a 22, so that lightweight's not going to be um, a, a negative for it. You know, uh, I just want to point out that uh, Chuck Basie is sitting here looking longingly and lovingly at these firearms, and it is his birthday. That's what uh, I'm saying. He needs this. He needs this M18. Well, I think I think Chuck, you you need to call your bride and uh, tell her uh, which one of these you would like uh, for your birthday. Ironically, we had the conversation last night. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, if each of us, not including Brian, since he's in the other room, um, ponied up to two thirty. You know, we we all get Chuck a nice birthday gift. Yeah, I don't like Chuck that much. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> It'd be cheaper than taking him out for dinner. Well, you you've never seen. Yeah, I guess I've uh, <laughs> seen the guy eat. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I thought, last time we went out to dinner at Cece's, I thought he was going camping. He, I mean, his plate. Well, never mind that. We'll just move on. Uh, let's uh, let's move on because you got a lung blowout or sig here. Yeah, so we got the new Sig Sauer uh, military sidearm. Uh, this is one of the old school Sig Sauer military firearms. This is their M11A1. Um, so this was not widely issued. Um, it's uh, It was a favorite of some of the SEALs, uh, from what I've heard. Um, but this is uh, the civilian 229 in military trim, um, which is the compact version of the 226. So this is, you know, old school um, Sig Sauer. Um, they've updated the magazine, though. It's a 15-round magazine now, um, whereas the full-size used to be a 15-round magazine, and this used to be a 13. So they've uh, re-engineered their magazine and squeezed in two more rounds on this guy. So it carries as many rounds as the old full-size, and the full-size, I think, is bumped up to 17 now. So that's, that's pretty convenient and, and super nice. But, um, yeah, the old, the old 220... 226 series guns are just dead nuts reliable. Uh, my 226 is a year older than I am, and it looks horrible. But well, it's, so do you. It's but... still one of the best shooting guns I own. Wow. Um, it, so I got mine from um, um, a Border Patrol agent who got it from a Texas Ranger. So this gun has led a hard life, and it is still just amazingly accurate and comfortable 
um, easy shooting gun. So I, I love the 220 series SIGs. They're they're one of my favorite firearms of all time. So you can get these uh, at Graffs in Mexico, Missouri. Well worth the short ride. Uh, and then uh, while you're there, you could pick up uh, ammo and reloading supplies and targets and everything else. And that is, those are will be available unless uh, Chuck uh, manages to snag one. Yeah, well, and gets... if you get up there quick enough, we do have a few primers in stock right now. Wow, can't go wrong. I'm telling you. Uh, in the meantime, uh, let's uh, let's get Gary on the line. Gary, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary and Guns. I have a question. Where are SIGs made? Okay, so um, most of them now are being made here in the U.S. Uh, the the Palmer Frame P320 series are made in uh, Newington, uh, New Hampshire. Um, let me and let me see where this 220. Uh, yeah, the the 220 the uh, the M11 here I got is also made in the USA. Um, so they were made in Germany. Mine was a West German gun, um, but yeah, it looks like. Uh, to uh, to be eligible for uh, military contracts, they they do need to be made in the U.S. That's that's what I was curious about. Okay, thank you. All right, Gary, thank you. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Very quickly, uh, Dale, you had a follow up on uh, the uh, local ordinance uh, about open carry, concealed carry. Yes. So the statute, which is twenty one point seven fifty, and as I said before, says that a, a local municipality can only ban open carry if they allow open carry for someone with a permit. But it goes on in Section 2 to say that, your example, somebody open carry riding their motorcycle, you know, rides into a town that has this ordinance, in the absence of reasonable and articulable suspicion of criminal activity, no person carrying an unconcealed firearm shall be disarmed or physically restrained by a law enforcement officer unless they're being arrested. So that in theory, the example you gave, you know, somebody's riding their motorcycle, they go riding into St. Louis where they ban open carry. Um, you know, unless there's a suspicion of criminal activity, they can't be stopped and disarmed. All right. Good to know. It's Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, got uh, Garson on board from Graphs, and then Dale Roberts. He's with us from MoGunLaws.com. And uh, Chuck Basie, a state representative, Second Amendment supporter, uh, also with us. And boy, I want to tell you, I am so, and, and I love the Canadians, but I'm so glad I don't live there. We have a, a, a culture where the difference is guns can be used for hunting or for sport shooting in Canada, and there are lots of gun owners, and they're mostly law-respecting and, and, and law-abiding, but you can't use a gun for self-protection in Canada. That's not a right that you have in the Constitution or anywhere else. If you try and buy a gun and say it's for self-protection, no, you don't get that. You get it for hunting. You can get it for sport shooting. Take it to the range. Uh, no problem, as long as you go through our rigorous background checks. But there's a difference around the culture. And one of the things that we're yeah. seeing with the debate in the States is you get more and more of the American-style, you know, right-to-carry, self-defense arguments filtering up through through the, uh, you know, the, the usual more right-wing communications channels yeah oh well chuck we don't we don't have to worry about that but in canada they don't have the right to self-defense hard to believe in it and uh, canada's really a pretty reasonable country when you uh, look at everything 
uh, involved with that uh, nation. But man, that that would be crazy to to try and push that in America. I'm, I'm like like you said, Gary. I'm so thankful I I live in this uh, country. Well, all you need up there, you just conceal carry a Canadian goose, and use that for self defense, right? <laughs> yeah, I was shooting at the goose. You throw no, the goose. Use, use the goose as your self defense weapon because those things are vicious. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather have one of those than a, than a German Shepherd. Well, you know, interestingly, they also don't have freedom of speech. They they will uh, prosecute you if you say things that they think are offensive. And is that why everyone says sorry so much? Probably, it's, probably just sorry they're Canadians. No, so I love sad. Canadians. I really do. Uh, but it's um, you know it's kind of silly to say you you don't have the right to self defense. Um, I, I was going to say it's so sad that that our notion of freedom is starting to infect their population. You think that's a problem? No, they think it's a problem. Oh. Heaven forbid they should get these crazy notions that they have rights to defend themselves or to speak freely. Oh, my. They do have free health care, though. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, but you have to come to the United States <laughs> if you want it yeah, done so promptly. Everyone who can afford to comes down here to get treatment, though. Yeah, that's that's where you that's where you go if you want prompt care. Uh so Dale sent me this uh, story about the father of a Parkland victim encouraging gun owners to head to their local range. Give me the details on this, Dale. Well, it's one of those rare cases. I don't know if the if these instances are rare, but it's rare that they make it to the media um, that a parent of uh, you know of a victim is saying, you know, actually people need to have the right to use firearms to defend themselves and they should go out to the range and practice and you know keep their skill up and at that notorious hearing in congress uh when they paraded out all these victims children that i don't think knew what a red flag law is but think we should have them um they did allow one mother to testify there who said who contradicted everybody else and said you know we have the right to have firearms people need to be able to defend themselves it's a important and critical critical right uh and we know that's not what they wanted to hear so um you know they're they're looking at red flag laws uh raising the age to 21 for buying an ar-15 or rifles uh let's let's look at uh the uh red flag laws can you, any of you guys, in your mind, put together a law that would give anybody due process and at the same time keep people likely to commit one of these crimes from getting their hands on a firearm? Can you, can you conceive of a way to word it that that would work? You know, even the, the Secret Service will admit that if somebody wants to kill the president, they, they can probably find a way to do it. I mean, there's, there are only so many things that you can do to, to try to stop people. Um, you know, as uh, I think John Ashcroft said in terms of terrorism, uh, when he was speaking of either Oklahoma City or 9-11, that, you know, we have to be right every single time the terrorists only have to be right once and those are pretty tough odds well and, and 
they have unlimited planning. They're on their own timeline. Sure. They can plan in ahead as far as ahead they want. They can do whatever they need to do because they're not bound by any laws because they're going to do something illegal anyway. And, and so, the red flag laws that have been attempted, you know, several years ago, they implemented a red flag law. I think it was in the state of Colorado. And right away, uh, somebody used it uh, to file against a police officer and temporarily disarm a, p a police officer who had to go to court or have someone go to court for him to defend his right. And I've been reading the... Uh, uh, the Extreme Protection Order Act that's pending in Congress, I think it's House Resolution 2377, and the provisions in there say if I file uh, a complaint, whatever they're going to call it, against someone saying that they're a danger and we need to take their guns away, my information, my identity can be kept a secret. So all, all Chuck's going to know is somebody says that you're a danger and so we're going to you have to defend yourself against these allegations. You don't have the right to confront your accuser. That's that's blatantly illegal. Oh, yeah. But that's that's one of the proposals sitting in Congress right now. So none of us can actually come up with a way to make it work without infringing on somebody's rights. Chuck, you're the legislator. I, I don't. I don't. It's been tried. Uh, I think every year I've been in the legislature, but I just don't see a way that it, it it would be fair to a lot of people. There are just too many ways that somebody that has a, uh, a bone to pick, for example, a nasty divorce case, where you come up with something to complain about and go after somebody's uh, Second Amendment rights, and uh, even if you know, even if you go into in front of a judge and they they take that action against. Uh, an individual, it would take forever to get that, you, you know, your rights back. Um, you know, if you if you actually weren't doing anything, so did you just? I can't think of any way to do it uh, right. So I can't either. Yeah, I mean, I would love to keep hand, the guns uh, from falling into the hands of the bad guys, but I can't think of a way to do that. And the only way to stop the bad guys is for the good guys to be able to shoot back. All right, you're listening to Gary on Guns, and we invite you to be a part of the show. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, we've got Chuck Basie on board, uh, state representative uh, for, uh, here in Missouri and uh, Second Amendment supporter. we got Garson in from Graffs in Mexico, Missouri, uh, where, and they ship, by the way, all around the world, and they're right in our backyard. Definitely worth the ride to go down there. And then uh, we've got Dale Roberts, MoGunLaws.com. Law. 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 See, I, I keep putting the S on there. I'm going to have to law. change my web page. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to law, take... Law. Yeah, you should take... Well, there's more than one law. You know, I just want to let you know. Uh, MoGunLaw.com. Uh, in, the, uh, in the Atlantic, uh, they were uh, apparently questioning why police don't support gun control. And, Dale, you know your history with the uh, uh, Columbia Police Officers Association? What... Why, uh, you know, what is the uh, the general belief based on the police officers you've chatted with? Uh, does it lean pro or anti-gun, and why? The vast majority of law enforcement officers I've met, know, or worked with uh, support the Second Amendment, believe in gun rights, recognize the fact that they can't be everywhere at all times, um, 
you know, they recognize that criminals are going to break the laws. It's not, you know, outlawing a, a gun or a magazine. It's not going to make any difference to a criminal. They're, per se, they're criminals. They don't obey laws. Um, and that, uh, you know, individuals have a right to defend themselves. The flip side of that, and there was a huge survey done, I don't know, five or six years ago by Police One or one of the big, uh, you know, law enforcement organizations that showed those results. And the, the opposite view is traditionally command staff, police chiefs, you know, people who are more in the political realm uh, under the thumb of a mayor or a city council or an election process that, you know, you'll see people in command staff speaking as if they speak for a department saying, oh, we've got to do something about this. When all the officers are saying, no, no, we don't. This is not a problem. Are they are they doing that uh, insincerely because uh, of the politics? Like, you know, in private, we really believe uh, gun control is a waste, but I have to say this to keep my job. Or do they sincerely somehow believe this? I honestly don't know the answer to that. I mean, I've never had uh, a chief or, um, you know, a county sheriff come out and say, yeah, I know this is nonsense, but I have to take this stand. Um, so, I, I, you know, that I so don't... Nobody has, nobody's come to you on the QT to say, that, look, I, here's where I stand, but I have to say that. No, but but as I said, you know, the, the officers, the officer on the street, I, I, I can't think of any officer that I've ever met who has said, you know, oh, we need more gun control. And 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 that it would be uh, because they have uh, witnessed what happens. Uh, they realize, uh, as you pointed out, they can't be everywhere at once. That and and they've seen so many instances of you know a criminals are not going to obey those laws, and they've seen so many instances of of you know lawful gun owners being able to defend themselves either by firing a shot or by presenting a weapon which keeps something from happening well bob johnson just said it in florida the sheriff uh there in uh, uh santa rosa <laughs> where he told everyone to shoot intruders and save taxpayers money yeah <laughs> and or, he, he came out to the media and said you know if you shoot a, an intruder uh, and it's fatal then he won't re-offend <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, and then that, <laughs> pretty, well, perspicacious that, as hell. He, I mean, he is right, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. There was also that sheriff in Virginia, um, in Culpeper County, uh, Scott Jenkins. He said if that Virginia passed the gun laws they were talking about passing, he would deputize every law-abiding citizen in his county. Yeah, that kind of sheriff. Yeah, that guy's awesome. Those folks yeah. are out there. What? Those folks are out there. Yeah, we just need more of them. Well, even Sheriff Joe, who was a Democrat in Maricopa County. Apio, yeah. Apio, Apio, okay, yeah. Apio. Um, he, he, he was a pro-gun guy, and he was a Democrat. Uh, let's, uh, let's go grab a phone call, because i got some stories here that, we gotta, that we'll share with listeners. Uh, Tom has a comment. Tom, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Yeah, how can this administration be lecturing us on guns when they last... 30,000 automatic rifles behind to the Taliban. Sounds to me like Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
anybody else? Anybody else got a comment there? Or do we just let that hang? No, I, I mean we we gave comfort and and material to our enemy, and that was real smart. And there's still there's still people there that we didn't get out. Yeah, so that, that was, was just a and that, that I'm pretty sure that's what emboldened Russia to invade Ukraine. Yeah, Joe, the smooth operator. Um, police in Arizona, police say uh, that an attempted carjacking was stopped by people nearby, and the suspect got shot. Uh, this was Wednesday morning. It happened around 8 a.m. at a parking lot near 83rd Avenue and who knows where in uh, Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix sergeant uh, said the man was trying to steal a car when a group intervened and the man was shot. He was taken to the hospital with life-threatening injury. That's, I don't know about you guys, but I think that's kind of an odd story. Yeah. Uh, if you saw somebody being carjacked uh, and you were concealed carrying, would you get involved, Garson? Hell no. Do not be a hero. Chuck? Call, call the police. Yeah, I, I I agree with Carson. But you know, wouldn't that be just fixable if we'd pass a law that make it illegal to steal cars? I hadn't <laughs> thought of that. What a stroke. Yeah, no carjacking allowed. They could put signs up, no carjacking allowed in every parking lot. You have to put a sticker on your windshield that's one-inch height lettering at every entrance to make it legal. <laughs> that, that's, yeah, Missouri gun laws. Unbelievable. Uh, so apparently uh, nobody really covered the story very much, but it was uh, it's kind of odd to see a group of people uh, getting involved in a carjacking. You know, maybe it was a a relative or a friend. We don't know because the media didn't cover it. Yeah, but yeah. no, pr protect you and yours. Um, you don't need the you don't need the liability of getting involved in somebody else's issues. Uh, investigators uh, received a 911 call from a homeowner about 4.30 in the morning uh, saying that he had uh, just shot someone who tried to break into his home. The homeowner awoke to unusual noises. Then he heard glass breaking before he found the person trying to enter the home through a broken window. The deputy said, uh, and officers uh, from, this was in Iowa, uh, from the uh, police department were already in the area. They were investigating a crash. Uh, and so uh, the deputy found uh, the vehicle abandoned about 318 in the medium. Investigators say the vehicle had been reported stolen uh, to the Omaha Police Department. Uh, so this this guy, this homeowner, uh, get, goes outside his house and confronts the guy. And uh, apparently the guy pulled a gun and he shot him. Uh Jackson fired four shots, hitting the man in the chest and killing him. It was me or him at that point. I didn't want nobody, uh, I didn't want to hurt nobody, uh, but he just wouldn't quit. Question, somebody is wandering around your house, uh, they break window, trying to get in. Uh, would you go outside, Garson? I don't think so, but would you go outside? Absolutely not. I would not recreate um, uh, Mr. St. Louis man's mistakes who's, Stay who's, inside. who's running who's running Mark McCloskey McCloskey yeah uh, sorry yeah bad decision so uh, somebody is trying to break into the house uh, you try to keep up with them from the inside uh, have your firearm with you and ready uh, but don't go outside I mean the risk he took going outside it's just 
uh, it's just unbelievable. Uh, you know, he's lucky that it worked out for him, but boy, I would definitely not be doing that. All right, up against the clock, we're going to come right back. You're listening to Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Uh, Chuck Basie is on board with us. Uh, Garson is in from Graffs, and then uh, Dale Roberts, uh, Roberts uh, MoGunLaw.com. And uh, this is some audio about uh, protecting kids from Thomas Massey, Congressman Thomas Massey. Listen to this. Gentleman's recognized for three minutes. I thank the gentleman from Ohio. You know, the Democrats today say they don't want to take your guns away. Well, then why does the legislation do just that? What they should say today is we don't want to take all of the guns away from all of the people just yet because we know we can't get away with that. The reality is the anti-Second Amendment lobby has vastly outspent all of the pro-Second Amendment groups put together in the last several elections. Who is in the pocket of who? So, the red flag laws, these take all of the guns from some of the people. And the bill that will pass tonight, if the Democrats are fortunate enough to do so, will take some of the guns from all of the people. Now, why are gun owners concerned? Why are the gun owners who don't own so-called high-capacity magazines, for instance, concerned? Why are the gun owners who don't own, for instance, uh, AR-15-style rifles concerned about this legislation? Because they know the legislation won't work and the response to this unserious, unconstitutional legislation that will allow the school shootings to continue will be more gun control from the Democrats. Let me give you an example. They have a high-capacity magazine ban in here that bans any magazine that can accept over 15 rounds. Well, guess what? At Virginia Tech, the shooter carried 17 magazines, none of which held more than 15 rounds, most of which held 10 rounds. The shooter at Columbine carried 10, 13 magazines, each of which held 10 rounds. This legislation would have done absolutely nothing. It's not about how many rounds does the magazine hold. It's about the evil intent of the shooter and is there somebody there with the capacity to stop that shooter before they can get going. Why is this legislation dead on arrival in the Senate? Why is it dead on arrival in the Supreme Court? One of my colleagues has already acknowledged they know this is unconstitutional and they'll pack the court if they have to. They said it in Judiciary Committee to keep this, this legislation alive after it should long since die. But why is it dead? Because Americans don't support it. You've quoted statistics. Those statistics are fake. If they were true, this would breeze through the Senate. But they're not. And so I urge my colleagues to respect the Constitution, respect the will of the American people, to respect the safety of American citizens and most of all the safety of children. Let's do something to protect them instead of these fake virtue signals that will do nothing but to curtail the Second Amendment rights of Americans. And with that, I yield back. Thomas Massey, man, he has been powerful uh, in this uh, gun debate. Uh, Garson, comment? I love everything he said. That was just brilliant. Yeah. Do you remember when uh, apparently somebody in the House... Uh, somebody said uh, there's just nobody needs an AR-15 for self-protection, and the next thing you know, it Massey is citing case after case after case of people using an AR-15 for self-protection. What an attribute! What an asset he is uh, for Second Amendment supporters. Uh, ju uh, let me uh, let me turn this over to Dale for a minute. What did you think of what he said? 
Yeah, can I get an amen? (laughs) That's it. And, and, you know, we were talking about this off the air, I think it was before the show even started, that, you know, and again, a little bit on the air, the the, uh, liberal side, the Democrats are doing such a good job of being in the news every day, all day, telling their side of the story. And there are so few people like Thomas Massey who are getting airtime to refute what they're saying. And, you know, it's just refreshing to hear someone say that, that the facts are out there and they're and they're they're not coming from the NRA. They're coming from the Department of Justice. They're coming from the Bureau of Justice Statistics. Um, You know, it's the information's there if you if they just want to ignore it. Uh, Chuck, do you ever go to the uh, Babylon Bee or see any of their work? Oh, yeah, all the time. (laughs) It's very entertaining. (laughs) Yes. They've got a piece out called Scary But True Facts About Firearms. A 9mm bullet can blow a lung right out of your body. Fact check. True. (laughs) AR-15 weighs as much as 10 moving boxes. Oh, wow, that's heavy. A ghost gun is completely invisible. Well, with that 300-round mag. Yeah, that's what does it. Weighs it down. A ghost gun is completely invisible, can fire a 30-round magazine clip in half a second. Where's the lie? Fully, a fully, this is great, fully semi-automatic rifle with extended clip triggers and shoulder things that go up are three and a half times deadlier than regular fully semi-automatic rifle. <laughs> Did you say extended clip triggers? Yes. I don't, That's a quote from somebody. And things that go yeah. up. The thing that pops up. Yeah, you can't <laughs> even buy those things that pop up anymore. Yeah. Uh, guns are three and a half times more deadly when wielded by a cis white male. Uh, gee, I didn't. I, didn't I don't know even the, know what that is. Huh? I don't even know what that is. Cis white what? male? Yeah, a, a, a natural, a, a, just a, a a guy who is uh, acknowledging that he's a guy. If he has a gun, it's three and a half times more deadly than if a transgender uh, has the gun. Um, just. <laughs> Well, I'm almost afraid to say it, but I mean, when they say that white male, then they're, from their point of view, suggesting that white males are somehow superior to non-white males. And I'm surprised to hear them say that. No, no, no. That no. All they're saying, no, you know, I think you're misinterpreting this, Dale. I think what they're saying is that the gun is three and a half times more deadly when it's in your hands than when it's in uh, a woman's hand or or gay male, uh, transgender male's hands. See, the, the gun itself is more deadly. That's amazing. Guns are three and a half times. Not, not you. Okay. Ah. The gun. Uh, the average American male owns 471 guns. <laughs> Slackers. Wow. And, and sometimes <laughs> they cross state lines. That, the, smell that. Of, the smell of gunpowder is scientifically shown... To make people more racist. Uh, the dreaded uh, Gauss cannon in Doom Eternal. Well, never mind. Let's go get some <laughs> phone calls before we, uh, we'll we end up laughing our way out and we don't have a lot of time. John, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Hi, Gary. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I appreciate the show, and I'd like to say that over the last few years, my attitude towards liberals and these ideas, just like this report that you're reading has really hardened my heart because uh, I don't believe anything a liberal says, prints, writes, or anything. I, I would discredit everything 
they say about anything. And I've, I've even got to the point now to where if I'm driving down the road and somebody is pulled over and needs assistance, if they have a Biden or Obama sticker on their car, I put my signal on, I pull back out, and I leave them sick. <laughs> <laughs> You're on your own, buddy. Go write a, go write a good fake story. Anyway, uh, I appreciate it, and uh, it's sad that the country's come to that, but uh, it's what it is. I mean, I... It's, they're emboldened, they, they lie, and they don't care what they lie about. All right, got to run, John. Thank you. Hey, guys, thanks for coming in uh, and doing the show with us today. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem.